Corey Seager would have been a Dodger if the Dodgers had just paid the money. That's something that people think is true, and we're not sure that it is. So we'll talk about Corey Seager and all that comes with it. Talk about some comments Rob Manfred made about starting pitchers and about rule changes coming forward. And then we'll Halloween. So why not uh, talk about some Halloween candy? That's what's all coming to you. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fan perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube, simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you want to become an everydayer, which means you don't miss a day because, you know, we're not going to miss any days. All you have to do is listen and watch every day. And to make that easier on yourself, you can just subscribe wherever you have podcasts and on YouTube. And you'll be notified when our episodes are ready. If this is your first time listening, watching, I'm Vince Samperio, joined by my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we are both lifelong Dodger fans that have been watching the Dodgers since we were kids and continue to watch the Dodgers. Uh, Jeff with his own kids. And we have been around the block with Dodgers in terms of different things, covering them. Uh, talking to players, things of that nature. We're not quite insiders. We're going to bring you some uh, strong thoughts and rational takes about the Dodgers. And we're going to do that today for sure, coming up with this first segment. But, Jeff, I don't remember last time we were together. So it's been uh, – it's, it's, I think you were – yeah, I don't remember last time we were together. Yeah, it's been at least a week because I know a week ago I uh, had my Guy Fieri episode, and that was a split episode. So, yeah, it's probably been – yeah, it's been a while, but uh, nice to talk to you. Uh, we've done some split episodes, so our listeners have gotten both of us several days, but uh, first time you and I have talked to each other in, in a while. So I uh, uh, hope you're doing well. Nice to see you. Uh, hope your family's well, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I haven't seen them in a while, too. You know, following the World Series uh, is fun, but also they're not hotels. Not as fun, so. But uh, in the World Series last night, the Rangers won first game in Arizona. They now have a 2-1 lead in the series. They got there. Uh, both games they've won have been thanks to Corey Seager hitting a two-run home run, which obviously brings Corey Seager discourse into social media world among Dodger fans. And I know I talked about Seager, I think, last week or whatever about how – you know, the Dodgers could have had him, but they don't have him. And, you know, should they have went after him, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the thing for me that, that and it, not just this specific topic, but a lot of topics that go on, especially on, on Twitter or X or whatever you call it, is that people speak with absolutes when it comes to things that we don't have any idea about. And the absolute is that, oh, the Dodgers didn't want to pay Corey Seager 325 mil, which, you know, might have been true based on all the reports. The Dodgers would have had to pay 400 mil. Uh, you know, Corey Seager would have been worth 400 mil. Like everything that has been said about Corey Seager is speaking in absolutes. And with him, there is no absolutes. He's having a good postseason for the Rangers this year. You know, the Rangers spent money and it's working for them in certain areas and not working for them in other areas. But, you know, I think for me, it's the speaking with absolutes that, 
oh, all the dogs had to do is this, and they would have had Corey Seager. Like, we don't know that for sure. And also, you know, the Dodgers have guys that have performed well in the postseason in the past or had up and down postseason just like Corey Seager. And this year they both had – or they had down years. So it, it just happens sometimes. Yeah, and the, the things that we don't know about the Corey Seager situation – so far outnumber the things we do know that it's it's crazy to talk about it like especially in a forum where you get 280 characters like there's just twitter isn't made for nuance anyway and a situation like this that has more nuance than pretty much anything things we don't know we don't know what the dodgers did offer Corey. you know we don't know if the rangers would have gone higher you know uh we we don't know how much it would have taken, you know, if, if Corey would have taken into account the, the income tax or whatever, the difference, you know, the cost of living, all that stuff. We don't know if Corey would have signed with the Dodgers, even if they did match or beat the Rangers top offer. Um, because, you know, the, the point I made on, on Twitter, Corey's from North Carolina. He is not, he doesn't like the spotlight. You know, he doesn't like, you know, obviously he likes spotlight some, he, he's a major league baseball player, but you know, he, his personality isn't super LA, you know, we, we, everybody makes fun of Anthony Rendon for saying he didn't want to the LA lifestyle or the Hollywood lifestyle or whatever. Um, it's not crazy to think that Corey Seager felt about the same way. was just smart enough to not say it out loud, you know, like that. Uh, Hey, I can go live in Dallas, I, somebody tore into me saying the Rangers don't play in Dallas. Never said the Rangers play in Dallas, but you know, I, I guarantee you, Corey doesn't live in Arlington. Um, but uh, you know, I, I could go live in the Dallas area in Texas where it's more laid back, it's lower cost of living stuff, more my personality, and get paid a crap load of money. Like it, it's, uh, I think it's hard for people like us who grew up living and breathing Dodgers. Like for us, if the Dodgers offered us any money. We'd say, yes, absolutely. I, I'm a Dodger, true blue through and through. But Corey Seager didn't grow up a Dodger fan. And so he doesn't have that loyalty that we do, which is fine. You know, it's and and anybody who makes it to the big leagues, even, you know, Justin Turner, he grew up a Dodger fan, got to come home and play for the Dodgers. But when it came down to it, getting a two-year deal was more important to him than staying with the Dodgers. They make business decisions and – for Corey Seager, where he's at in his life right now, you know, uh, somewhat newly married, starting a family, all of these things, it makes a lot of sense for him to look at things when you when you start from the basis of, okay, wherever I sign, I'm going to get paid a crap ton of money, more money than I could spend in 10 lifetimes. So let's look at the other factors. Where do I want to live for the next 10 years? You know, where where do I want my to raise my kids? All, all these things. And I think it's perfectly reasonable I, that somebody could decide they'd rather, rather live in Texas than California, even if that's not the same decision that you or I or our listeners would make. Um, but I bet for some of us, some of our listeners, it is like, I mean, I, I personally, <laughs> I don't live in California and uh, I've had opportunities to move back and I didn't. I like where I live, you know, and it doesn't mean that I don't love Los Angeles and don't love the Dodgers. It just means, hey, you know what, uh, this works better for me and my family and Texas might work better for Corey and his family. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's, you know, some of these accounts or people that, you know, have 
thoughts on Seager, like it's just a speaking in absolutes for me that we don't know and well, we may never know what these answers are. And you know, one of the other things was like all the Dodgers let Seager walk without like a contingency plan. Well, they had a one year gap in that contingency plan where they had Trey Turner as a shortstop. I think you know, even if Trey Turner had wanted to be a Dodger or wanted to stay in the West Coast or you know, whatever it was. I don't think the Dodgers – every time they've something like this has happened, it's been, did you think anyone was going to give Corey Seager 325 mil? I, I didn't. Did you think someone's going to give Trey Turner 11 years 300 mil? I didn't. So, you know, you're, you're, there's, you can't – the Dodgers could, are, uh, you know, com, compete with dumb money, as they call it, but it's not necessarily something they want to do. And, you know, obviously when – both of those shortstops have good series. So in this postseason, and the Dodgers have a very bad offensive series, it doesn't look great. But you also have to think about, like, you know, yeah, the Rangers are good now. Will they be good for the next five years? I don't know. You know, does it matter if they win the World Series? Everyone has different thoughts on that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, for me, the senior discourse is just like, look, he's having a good postseason. Could the Dodgers have had him? Maybe, but we don't know. And to say anything other than the Dodgers could have had Corey Seager is just beyond, you know, what needs to be said. It yeah. could or could have, not would or should or would have. Yeah. And the other the other part of this is people think of Corey Seager as a postseason legend because of 2020 and this year. Well, in Corey Seager's career regular season, he has an 873 OPS. In his career in the postseason, he has an 842 OPS. And that's including 2020 and this year when he was otherworldly, which means that the rest of the time he has been pretty lousy in the postseason, including 2021, the postseason right before he hit free agency. And so, you know, there's so much revisionist history about we had this postseason legend and we just let him walk. Well, he wasn't a postseason legend. He had one great postseason for the Dodgers and he had one, two, three, four mediocre to worse than mediocre postseasons for the Dodgers. And I love Corey Seager. Obviously, I wish he was still on the Dodgers right now. I don't think I wish he was on the Dodgers for eight more seasons after this year. Uh, and, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, nobody is invincible in the postseason, including Corey Seager. And he will, if he gets to the postseason enough times with the Rangers, he will have bad postseasons again, too. All right, Rob Manfred, just a uh, favorite commissioner, had some comments about the state of the game. So we'll look at those comments and uh, have our own comments on them. So that's what's on top. So make sure to keep it locked on, Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you had put $5 down on the Lions last night against the Raiders, which even I would have done as a Raider fan because the Raiders are not good, you would have had 150 extra dollars in bonus bets there waiting for you. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Like I said, one $5 money line bet gets you 150 in bonus bets. You can put those 150 towards bets with spreads player props, over-unders, and more. You can put together some same-game parlays. You know, so-and-so is going to get over 100 yards, and so-and-so is going to have more than one touchdown, and, you know, blah, 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 all those other things. 
you can put all those down in one bit and uh you know small money makes big money you can do that at fanduel so go visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season fanduel official partner of the nfl I want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. If you're not an everydayer, all you have to do is listen or watch every day. And boom, and now you're an everydayer and you are special in our eyes. And remember, SiriusXM has you covered for the World Series and into next season. Uh, just check out SiriusXM or the SXM app and find what you need on there. All right, Jeff. Uh, so your favorite commissioner, Rob Manfred, spoke the other day uh, at the World Series and talked about, first we'll talk about starting pitching. He talked about starting pitching in general and said, quote, historically starting pitchers have been some of the biggest stars in the game and the way that pitching is being used right now has caused a diminution of the star quality for some of our starters. I think there's a lot of fans who feel like the change from let's see what today's pitching matchup is to who's the opener today has not been positive. Manfred did go on to say that uh, the having only 13 pitchers on your roster has been good to helping this a little bit and that the next step would be maybe limiting 12 pitchers to a roster, uh, but my probably wouldn't come until after next season. So, Jeff, first, your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, in a way, it's surprising because uh, Manfred seemed to show a little bit of awareness of the situation. Uh, not enough awareness to not say words like diminution, you know. Hey, hey lawyer talk, shut up, man. Um, but – uh, yeah, fans don't like this. And it's the, the big dilemma is for a baseball general manager and a baseball manager, their job is to win games and within the rules if, they, if they're not in Houston, um, but to win games. And so the fact is the way that pitchers are being utilized right now is what they have calculated as the best way to win games within the current rules. And the commissioner, his job is to safeguard the game, which means includes uh, making it entertaining for fans. And so if there is a conflict between how the game is being played and how the game is most entertaining for fans, the commissioner's job is to resolve that conflict. And so, and he did show a little bit of self-awareness that, okay, I do need to do something about this, uh, you know, limit the, the further limit the number of pitchers on a pitching staff. And, you know, I, and I've said in my perfect world, uh, there would be 11 pitchers on the pitching staff and the, the rosters would be 27 players, 11 pitchers, 16 position players, because then you've got pitchers having to go deeper into games. You have more often that the hitters have the platoon advantage because you have more pinch hitters on your, on your bench. You have guys on your bench who can't do anything except run fast. You know, the, the Terrence Gores of the world get a job and they can pinch run, you know, all these things that make the game more exciting. You have all that. Uh, you can't go straight to that because uh, you know, it, it would lead to more pitcher injuries. And we saw that this year uh, with the pitch clock and everything, there were more pitcher injuries and, this is, I've thought a lot about this and I've almost said it on the podcast a couple of times and I haven't yet had the guts to, but I think I'm feeling brave right now, Vince. I think Halloween has gotten me feeling brave. I am okay with pitchers getting hurt. I think that it is probably a necessary part of the evolution of baseball for pitchers to get hurt because the more often pitchers get hurt, the more often pitchers are going to think, 
maybe I don't need to throw every pitch 109 miles an hour. Uh, you know, I have less time to rest. Maybe I do, you know, when, when people talk about Nolan Ryan, I, I, nobody really knows how hard Nolan Ryan actually threw. Some people say as much as 108 miles an hour. Uh, we, we, he was clocked over hundred miles an hour and uh, radar guns work differently then. But one thing we do know is that he didn't throw every pitch 108 miles an hour because Nolan Ryan pitched for 27 years. He threw 80 zillion pitches in his career. Even Nolan Ryan, a freak of nature like that, wouldn't have lasted that long if he had thrown every pitch max effort. So I mean, Nolan Ryan knew how to, you know, how to get outs. He had a great curveball, how to get outs without throwing every pitch that hard. And I think that in a perfect version of baseball, if such a thing exists, you have more of that where pitchers, you know, I, I know today I need to go seven innings. And so I'm, I know I can throw 102, but I'm going to sit 94 and I'm going to have good location. And I'm going to use my off speed stuff. I'm going to, you know, all these things, I'm going to be okay. Giving up a couple hits. I'm going to be okay with some, some flyouts. I'm not going to try to strike everybody out that would be a more entertaining brand of baseball, but that's not the best way to win. And so teams and players aren't going to do that. It's up to the league to put things in place that kind of force them to do that, like limiting the number of pitchers on the roster and, you know, all all the different things they should be considering uh, is what they need to do. And yeah, the, the, the fact of life is that there is a union, there's a collectively bargained, uh, agreement and all that stuff. And so the league can't unilaterally make decisions. And so that does make progress slow, but I think it's probably a good sign at least that Rob Manfred is aware of the problem. I mean, I don't know what smart person whispered it in his ear right before he gave the interview, but whoever it was, good job to that person. Yeah. For me, it's been, it's interesting because you make these rule changes because you want more offense and if you want more offense, that means teams are going to have to combat that offense by using starting pitchers less and, you know, going more to specialists and things of that nature, using openers, trying to neutralize, you know, certain matchups. So, you know, it's one of those where, yeah, it's going to take a while for all the changes that you really want to come through because you change one thing in order to get one thing, which causes the other thing to go back to how what, and then, you know, you're stuck in a, could be stuck in a, in, a, in a loop where teams are always going to try to find that advantage and you know eventually that may end the other part too is like you would need the rule changes to prevent the other way too because even if the way you're saying okay don't throw you know so hard all the time and go deeper into games teams don't allow pitchers to go deeper into games right now like we've seen pitchers come out with 75 80 pitches because of that third time through lineup which again would but be they'd have to with the roster changes. That's, that's why it needs to be right now. It's, yeah. it's, all that can't happen until all this other stuff happens. So exactly. it, it's, it's going to be like, you know, take a while. So some of those things where we're probably never going to get to where you want to get to watching baseball. And, you know, this year, I do think that, you know, the injuries, we'll see if that remains something that, you know, the injuries went up, pitcher injuries went up a little bit, but they were already, I think it was only like 1% from between last year. They've gone up a few percent in the last few years overall, mostly since 2020. So 2020 still has some residual effects too on that. But it's one of those things where, yeah, it's going to take a while to get where we want. Well, we'll probably, because it's going to have to start with like kids growing up. Like kids growing up started going into specialized positions 
now. And then now you're seeing, you know, guys going back to versatility in the majors. So you're going to see that reflected back, you know, kids playing multiple positions growing up, maybe no more pitcher onlys, you know, because Otani and stuff like that. So it, it's going to be a, a long cycle to get it where you want. This is, you know, I think the pitch clock and everything was a step in the right direction. I think, you know, there are certain things that they have plans for that are going in the right direction. Certain things they don't have plans for yet or haven't talked about that may need to change. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think bring, letting starting pitch and even like starting pitchers like Merrill Kelly didn't want to come out of the NLCS game that one day. I would have liked to have seen what, what would happen. And, you know, I maybe wouldn't have liked to see what, Blake, what happened if Blake Snell stayed in the game in 2020 as a Dodger fan, but as a baseball fan, I would have liked to see what happened if they did it in there. So you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the D-backs are in the World Series, so, you know, that, that move worked. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So Rob Manfred had some other comments, but we'll save it for tomorrow's episode now because, uh, you know, there's not a lot of time about these days. So if we can create segments out of this, we'll do that. And because we're going to draft – Halloween candy, Jeff and I are probably experts in, in, the, in the world of candy, uh, especially when it comes to Halloween. So we will do that after we say we'll be right back. If you are not an everydayer, you need to become one. How do you become one? You listen or watch Locked on Dodgers every day. How do you find us? Wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube, just search Locked On Dodgers. And what's the easiest way to become an everydayer? Just subscribe and you'll be sent or notified every time our episodes are ready to go. All right, Jeff. So it's Halloween. Today, as you're listening to this, not as we're dro- not as we're talking right now. Um, but you know, candy is a big thing on Halloween. I don't know if trick-or-treating is still a thing or has become a thing again. I know, you know. After 2020, it kind of slowed down, but maybe it's back now. I don't know. Trick or treating now. Either way, down here where I live. Yeah, yeah. Either way, we know. Well, yeah, you're living in the middle of the country where not a lot of not a lot of city life over there. And there's 50 million kids here in in my yeah. city. So, but uh, you know, I think we could have a real quick draft of Halloween candy. We're we're not calling this the best Halloween candy. We're called. We're probably picking our favorites, not the best. But well, in our minds, our favorites are. The favorites best. are the That's best. how I choose them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know where you're gonna go with this, but uh, I'm, I'm probably not gonna agree on some of these. I would imagine. All right. Why don't you go first, sir? All right. Uh, first, easy easy pick. Reese's peanut butter cup is the best candy in the world, whether it's Halloween or any other time. You know, at Easter time, it's the Reese's eggs. At Christmas time, it's the, you know, whatever Christmas shit, Christmas Trees. tree. You know, it, if it's peanut butter and it's chocolate, uh, it's it's amazing. And so Reese's peanut butter cup is an easy first pick. And the only question is, which form? If it's if a cheap house, they're giving you the little ones, the little individually wrapped ones. If it's a better house, they're giving you the two packs. If it's an awesome house, they're giving you the king size four packs. I don't think I ever went to a house that gave more than a two pack, so... Uh, but yeah, Reese's very good first pick. Probably would have been my first pick too. Debating if I want to stay in chocolate or if I want to go into the other world. I think they've made a a, a bump recently, and they're more uh, accessible. So I'm gonna go maybe a little off the wall here, but I'm gonna go with Sour Patch Kids because they're solid, they're sour, they're sweet. You know, they have the fun commercials. 
But uh, I feel like you see them more often now than you did before. And I'm a sucker for sour candy, so. Sour Patch Kids are great. I think of them more as uh, movie theater food than Halloween food. But uh, yeah, there's never a bad time for Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, they have little zombies now. I saw those the other day. So. Interesting. Uh, my next one. Ooh, right, I'm going to go away from chocolate too. I'm going to go with nerds. Just the little boxes of nerds. Like the, the little Halloween size one, it's perfect. You open that up and you dump the entire thing in your mouth. So you've got just a, a little mouthful of nerds. And you just let them sit there in your mouth for a while. And every once in a while, you just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to transfer a couple over to the teeth zone and chew on a couple while the other ones are still stuck in my cheek. Like you can nurse a, a box of nerds for, for 20 minutes if you want to. And they're just like, it's the most simple candy and yet it is delicious. And like, I, when, when we decided to talk about Halloween candy, I, I thought, okay, what's one that doesn't immediately come to my mind, but that I love and nerds was like, yeah, like. I would never think to say, hey, can you pick up some nerds for me at the store? But when I have a little box of nerds that I steal from my kid's Halloween bag, it's the greatest thing. Yeah, that's not a thing right now. I don't think I've ever bought nerds. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if anybody's yeah, ever are. bought nerds except in a in a mixed bag of Halloween candy to give out to kids. Yeah, nerds are great. Um, you, you, don't, you sound like you eat your nerds just kind of like people eat sunflower seeds, so that's interesting. I just throw them all in and just munch as they you know, let it fall as they may yeah and i but, don't uh, like sunflower seeds so maybe that's that's how i get my sunflower seed fixes via nerds yeah, there you go all right uh i'll hop back into chocolate now this is one that is not one like my favorite chocolate even above reese's but it's not a popular one um but it's butterfingers which is a similar concept but i don't know i love butterfingers like the crunch other thing I don't like is to get stuck in your teeth sometimes and it's not that easy to get out. But other than that, Butterfingers, you know, back in the day they had the Bart Simpson was the was the spokes kind of little spokesperson for it. They had Nobody different variations. Lay a finger on my Butterfinger. Yeah, they have different variations, Butterfinger BBs and all that throughout the years. But uh just a good old fashioned little Butterfinger. So, you know, pop one in the Halloween size, perfect. Butterfinger was absolutely gonna be my next pick. It was almost my second pick. Uh and here's the thing. They get stuck in your teeth, but my, like everybody loves a Snickers. The problem with Snickers is when you eat a Snickers, what's stuck in your teeth at the end is peanuts. When you eat a Butterfinger, what's stuck in your teeth is Butterfinger. And so it's still dessert. Like you eat a Snickers or something stuck in your teeth, that crap that's stuck in your teeth isn't dessert anymore. It's just boring peanuts. And so like, that's why I love Butterfinger that, yeah, you're eating it for a half hour as you're picking it out of your teeth, but it's still the same candies i love me a butterfinger um all right man you you threw me off because i I thought i i thought i could get away with going with nerds with my second pick and the the butterfinger would be safe for me in the third round um i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with a kit kat uh they're they're simple uh but they've got that crunch and uh they they're quick they're like, you know, you can break you off a piece of a Kit Kat bar and boom. So if you, if you want to, you, you know, your kid just ran to the bathroom and you want to raid his Halloween bag really quick. You got time to grab a Kit Kat, open it, pop it in your mouth, have the thing eaten by the time he's back from the bathroom and he'll never be any the wiser. Uh, Cause you're not having to pick it out of your teeth. You're not having to, it's not a big production. It's just simple, chocolatey, crunchy wafer goodness and uh, uh, basic, but, but really, really good. 
If you have a full size Kit Kat, are you breaking them apart or just biting it whole? Uh, I like to go the chaos method and uh, actually just bite into into. <laughs> so yeah, you treat it like a regular candy bar that isn't sectioned. So uh, I don't remember last time I had a full size Kit Kat. So. I don't think I haven't had to have answer that to myself in a while. Kit Kat is my 12 year old's favorite candy. And so they're around my house a lot. This is one. See, I haven't been cherry treating in a while, but again, a a candy that I see more often now and similar in the sense of the Sour Patch Kids is the Sour Punch straws, but the individual ones that come little red, green, and blue. You put a bag of those next to me, that bag will be gone very quickly just because, like, they're, they're like, perfect. They taste great. Um, for some reason, I like drinking water, like, really cold water after having them. It, I don't know. It does There's a sensation that comes along with it. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a sour candy guy. So, uh, choc- I'm, growing up, I was always chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And then in recent years, I've gone into the sour candy realm. So, yeah, I don't know. Drafting Sour Patch Kids and Sour Straws is kind of like uh, trading for Trey Turner when you already have Corey Seager or something. You know? They're different, though. When I, the sour, sour Patch Kids are more chewy. They always get stuck in your teeth. Sour Punch Straws, a little bit firmer. They just go down. All right. Um, okay, my next one. I am going with uh, the Fun Dip. Fun Dip is something that uh, I used to get when I was a kid, and then I discovered just in the last few years that people give those out for Halloween sometimes. And uh, like, it's got the little, it, like the concept is, Hey, here's a stick made of sugar. Why don't you lick that and then stick it in a bag of sugar and then lick the sugar off the sugar. Uh, it's, it's a very simple concept, but I feel like they've nailed the target market of what do kids like? Kids like sugar. Let's give them sugar. And uh turns out kids, parents like sugar too. So I'm going with the fun dip. Did you know when I was a kid, those were called Lickamade sticks? Uh, Well, don't the sticks still say that? Yeah, Uh, but that's what we called them. And then it was around the time I was probably around the time you were born is when like the shift just happened. Okay, we call these fun dips now. Yeah, Lickamade probably wouldn't. Probably not very good marketing for that. Yeah. Uh, All right, I'll pick one more. Apologies to all those chocolate people like Snickers and Twix and all that stuff, but. I'm a sucker for Skittles, uh, so Skittles are my last pick. Ironically, I don't like sour Skittles. I just like regular Skittles. I like purple bag Skittles, but you'd be very rare to find that being handed out uh, in in Halloween candies. But regular Skittles, a little bag of Skittles, I like just throwing all the whole little bag in my mouth, and then just all the colors run, and then you look at them, and they're all white, and then you eat them, and Supposedly, I don't know if it's Skittles or one of the other colors that you don't know what it is. Like, all the flavors taste the same, but the colors are different, and that's what throws you off. I don't think that's Skittles, but either way, Skittles. Yeah, Skittles are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my uh, other things I considered, I guess, my honorable mentions, you mentioned Twix. If they made the peanut butter Twix in a fun size so we could get them for Halloween, uh, I'd take that. I like the peanut butter more than I like the caramel one. Uh if they made whatchamacallits in fun size, so you could give them out at Halloween, whatchamacallit might be the greatest candy bar in the world, uh, but they don't actually make those in Halloween size, so you never get those for Halloween. Even people who do full-size candy bars never do whatchamacallits, but whatchamacallit should be the official candy of every holiday. 
my other honorable mention is one that'll for sure be your favorite. That's Payday, because I love peanuts, so uh, I'm all in on peanuts. And like so, peanut M and M's, like what's the point? Why are you rooting M and M's when putting peanuts in them? You know? Oh, peanut M and M's. I forgot about those, but I usually like those. Those are my stress. Peanut butter M and M's are amazing. And th- this one doesn't have anything to Halloween. This is just a fat guy tip for you: buy a big bag of plain M and M's. Big bag of peanut butter M&M's and a big bag of Reese's Pieces. Dump them all in a bowl together, stir them up. And then you just take one of the little Dodger helmets that you got your Sunday in at the stadium and you scoop up a bowl of them and just sit on the couch, grab them by the handful. So you're getting a mix of those three greatest. It's called a fat guy salad. Here we go. All right. We will be back tomorrow talking. If there anything happens in the World Series game, talk about Manfred's other comments uh, that Jeff, I think, will be more riled up about. And see what else comes to the world of us for us on the Dodgers. So make sure to come back and keep it locked on Dodgers tomorrow. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Locked On Dodgers. You can be coming every day by listening or watching every day. We will favor you a little bit more than those that don't listen or watch every day. Just just so you know, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent ninety one. Can DM either of us for any questions, comments, or concerns. We know there's still some questions out there that we haven't got to, so we'll definitely get to those at some point. And reminder, you can also get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, take Smart Device Play Podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.